went to nice. went to a waterfall and uh uh yeah spent some time in nature yeah whereabouts are you in you're not arizona still are you no i'm in north carolina oh right in the nice. east yeah so cool yeah nice. how's your day going it's going well you get around eh? you've been to a bunch of different uh places in the world the last few months eh? yeah, yeah i've been doing a lot of traveling it's been Fantastic. great Fantastic kind of looking for a new place to settle down. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Were you in Sedona at all? I was, I spent about a week there. How was that? I it was it's like a spiritual vortex. It's very, very powerful there. Yeah. It was, cool. it was amazing. I'm planning on leading a yoga retreat there with a friend uh, just outside Sedona, this place called Arcosanti. Mm. It's like this village, this like futuristic looking village out in the desert somewhere around there. Wow. I haven't heard of that. That sounds amazing. No. Yeah. It's going to be kind of like Burning Man meets uh, Mad Max or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. So our retreat's coming up. It's so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking July, I'm going to be really promoting, pushing it out more. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Do you mind if I record this and then I can just like share it with my peeps? No, and no absolutely. Awesome. So actually right before this, I was practicing your... Um, program that I'd originally downloaded from your website, uh, Sexual Kung Fu Multi-Orgasmic Mastery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very powerful stuff. A great uh, sequence of uh, daily practices that, that men can use to not only cultivate their sexual energy, but ground. Mm-hmm. I really like the emphasis on grounding. Uh, you know, I come from the whole Kundalini yoga world, which is great, but sometimes it's like, whoa, let's not get too much like a balloon. <laughs> yeah, that was my experience with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to sort of, you know, take the best of Kundalini and the best of Taoist energy work and then bring it together, you know, for something very potent and grounding for these. Yeah. Yeah. I think these practices complement each other very, very powerfully. Mm -hmm. So just tell me a little bit about your background. I know a bit about your background just for the audience. Um, You've been on the show before, but just share your story, like how you got involved in this work. Yeah. So as a, uh, you know, in my early twenties, I was exploring, you know, spirituality and, uh, really exploring yoga, meditation, looking how I could, could uh, keep myself in, in, in elevated states of consciousness, elevated states of connection, you know, without uh, having to rely on external substances or anything like that. And, uh, you know, of course, this drew me to yoga and kundalini yoga. And I was having very, very powerful experiences, but I got very ungrounded from, from the kundalini yoga because I'm a very fiery uh, type by nature. Were there certain so, like Kriyas that you remember you were doing like certain, you know, cause there's certain Kriyas that do you remember which ones you were doing mostly? I, I don't remember what they were called, but there's the one where you like, you, you, you wave your arms like this. Oh, okay. That was one of my favorites. Um, you yeah, know, I did yeah. the, the, the Sat Kriya, Sat Nam Kriya where you just, Oh yeah. And, yeah. I find that's cause it's like bringing it up, up, yeah. up. <laughs> it's like, what, what about yeah. down? And I think those were the practices that I was really drawn to. So I was just doing like the fieriest of the fiery and just, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> and you know, the time I was looking to integrate my, my sexual energy because, uh, you know, I always had a high, a high level of sexual energy, which, which got me in trouble through various times in my life. And from, I knew that there was some way to integrate it with, you know, the spiritual path and with the, the path of yoga, but I just, I couldn't find the methods. You know, I, I read a bit about Tantra and, you know, a lot of people talk about this stuff, but like actually finding the methods to do it, you know, is a little more rare. So, you know, yeah. and then, I, then I, I discovered Montauk Chia's work. And, yeah. you know, I read his books and that, that kind of got me going, but it wasn't enough. So I found some teachers, you know, teaching the Taoist practices and I went and studied. Um, I did a lot of studying with Michael Wynn. I was just going to uh, say, you just did a, another uh, course of his, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Right now I'm doing a month retreat with him. Uh, oh, I'm, you're in, I'm in the middle in of the process. Right yeah. Yeah. How's it going? Oh, it's so powerful. He's, he's like a wizard of, of, cool. uh, 
this stuff. It's pretty cool. So yeah, it's great. What's the, uh, what's the like title of this one? Well, it's, it's each week is a different one. The, mm-hmm. the first week was just fundamentals, which I was just kind of reviewing. The second week is healing love, which is sexual energy. Uh, next week is going to be lesser commonly, which is, uh, it's internal alchemy. So you, you merge fire and water within the body. You capture your male, female internal essences and couple them. You know, it's basically like internal sex and this creates oh, neutral cool. force, opens a portal to higher dimensional energy. Very, very what? powerful. That's <laughs> and then from cool. there you, from there you go to coupling higher polarities, you know, sun and moon and then the planets and the stars. So it's, 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 will you be able to touch on some of those during our retreat? Some of those, those really juicy things. I I really, that resonates with me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll definitely touch on a bit of that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, um, sort of the, the idea of combining the heart energy with the sexual energy. Um, in Kundalini, there's, there's a lot of that sort of like bringing the energy up to the heart to the third eye and, and also back down, um, a lot of these senior Kundalini teachers have been starting to talk about the microcosmic orbit, which is really mm-hmm. encouraging. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So with the sexual energy and the heart energy, what we're really looking at here, you know, that in the Taoist system, it's the kidneys and the heart. It's so the kidneys include, you know, the physical kidneys, but also the bladder, the sexual organ, it's mm-hmm. all the fluids of the body, you know, the bone marrow, the blood, the the semen and and everything. So it's, it's the water element of the body and the heart is the fire element. So the water element, it's really like our raw feeling. It's our, our drive to, to be embodied. You know, it's the water elements, the female element, the female element, you know, the yin nature, it's all about embodiment. It's, it's, Mm. it's keeping the species reproducing. It's, it's our basic survival instinct, right? But the heart, you know, it's a little more ethereal. It's this expansiveness. It's this the, the, the desire to connect, to love, to embrace, you know, and it's very fiery. So, so there's re- this relationship between the heart and the kidneys. And uh, we, we see this physically because the kidneys, the, the kidney system is producing the blood and the heart is, is keeping it pumping. So the, the fire of the heart keeps the kidney water from freezing, right? So there's mm-hmm. this relationship between heart and kidneys. And that's one that's important to balance. Mm, that's really interesting. So it's really merging our love with our, our sexual passion. And that to me is, is the most fulfilling path. Totally, totally. And uh, I love how you talk about sort of like the analogy of a balloon or like a, a tube or a, a hose. It's like most men just don't have the capacity or the understanding to like make uh, their balloon big enough to really hold and, and store the sexual energy in their bodies and really enjoy it. And it kind of mm. goes out the path of least resistance, which is usually just right out the penis. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I'm really interested in these practices that you share that you're studying uh, from Montauk Chia and Michael Wynn, and then also touching on like how to stay grounded while you're practicing them. So super important because as men, you know, our sexual energy is so volatile. It's so, it's, it's hard for us to control in the beginning because it's just so, it just amplifies so quickly. You know, we, we become aroused just like, and when you're grounding, to ground into the earth, to bring the earth's energy into your energy body, mm-hmm. it stabilizes it, it cools it down, it makes it more, it, it, it slows the vibration a bit, it makes it less volatile, and also makes it easier to digest so you can cultivate it properly. And that's okay. so important for men especially. Would you recommend practicing like outside, outdoors? For yeah, that reason, like on, on the ground? That's definitely helpful, spending time in nature. Um, it's like our modern technology, its entire purpose is to protect us from nature. Right. So we, we've gotten very disconnected. So, so getting, yeah, getting out in nature, putting your feet on the earth. So totally, which is why I'm excited to do this in, in beautiful British Columbia, uh, near where I am, we'll be taking a ferry out to Souk, which is on Vancouver Island and it's Mm. right on the coast. And apparently there's whales like orcas passing by and there's an outdoor yoga space and forest bathing and stuff of that nature. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. 
And uh, would you want to just share a little bit about what you'll be sharing at the retreat? Yeah, so I'll be sharing tools to uh, cultivate your own energy, to deepen your connection with 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 the universe, you know, with the universal energy that's flowing through us. You know, how to clear negative emotions from the body, how to ground. I'll be doing doing a lot of grounding work and uh, opening the microcosmic orbit, the main energy channel in the body, up the spine, down down the front of the body, which gives us this boundary and this clear channel to to circulate our energy through. And it also connects to all the meridians of the body. So we'll be exploring the microcosmic orbit. And then, of course, some practices to cultivate sexual energy, how to move it through the body and and bring it to the organs to to enhance their function and bring it to the brain to enhance creativity. So lots of stuff that we'll be playing with. Juicy, amazing. Uh, what would you say to the men who are like, oh, like what, you know, that's just sounds like a recipe for blue balls. Like I need to ejaculate every day. Uh, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you say to, to those guys? Cause I've, I've been getting a little bit of that. And, and it's funny cause I, I first called the, the retreat, you know, talking about semen retention, but then I changed the name and now I'm focused. It's the multi-orgasmic man retreat. Now everybody's interested, but they're <laughs> still not quite sold on this whole idea of semen retention. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you really have to experience yourself, I think, but I can say that, you know, so many guys are talking about this and having such phenomenal results with it because we, as men, we associate orgasm and ejaculation as being a single thing, but only because we've been conditioned to believe that because most of us were raised looking at porn, you know, seeing sex as this purely physical act and men tend to just right. discharge their energy during sex. They become addicted to that. You know, it's like we're, we're born with all this sexual energy and most of us are only going to create, you know, we might have like a few kids in our life. So obviously we don't need all of this energy to, to be putting into, you know, to th- throw it out in the world, you know? So totally. And it, it takes a toll on the body to be creating sperm. It, it takes nutrients from the, all the organs, from the spinal fluid, from the brain. So when you store this energy, it builds up. Your yeah, tell me, tell me more about that because then I get some doctors who are like, well, where is the scientific evidence for that? <laughs> I'm like, well, just try it. <laughs> just try not ejaculating for 21 days. Like, there's so much, you have so much more energy. Exactly. Um, but do you know of like, any like, sources where you know, the skeptics can like, check out? Like, that it really truly does take the body a lot of energy and resources to cultivate, to create sperm. One thing I point to a lot is this, uh, uh, so it was an experiment that scientists did. This was back, I, wanna th- I think it was like back in the seventies or eighties. It was, it was a little while ago. And basically they took this group of worms. There's this certain worms called nematodes and oh, yeah. these worms are, are very prolific sexually. They have a lot of sex. So they, they separated the worms into three groups. One worm was able to, to mate as usual. The other worms were separated from other mates. So they couldn't have sex. So they're like celibate worms, right? Mm-hmm. The third ones, they, uh, they modified them in some way so that they were no longer pre- producing semen. And so this was the sexual Kung Fu worms, right? They were having uh-huh. sex, but they weren't, they weren't constantly producing semen. So the first, the, the worms that were just having sex normally, they lived about seven days. You know, that's about their normal lifespan. Mm-hmm. The celibate worms lived about 10 days. So they lived longer, but the worms that were having sex, but not producing more sperm, they lived 14 days. So twice as long. Interesting. So th- this is a very interesting experiment. That's really interesting because I just got back from India and in many Hindu uh, traditions, yogic traditions, it's like, don't think about sex at all. Don't go there. Don't touch it. Don't arouse yourself at all. Just completely bypass it. Whereas it seems in traditional uh, Taoist energy work, it's like, yes, have sex, arouse yourself, uh, but, but learn how to separate orgasm from ejaculation. And that path really resonates with me more because like, it's almost like, don't think about a pink elephant. You think about a pink yeah. elephant. Like, yeah. How, how that sounds so impossible. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that that just trying to completely suppress it is, I don't think it's very much like really possible. 
without you acting it out somewhere in life. You know, it's like you're trying to push this beach ball into the water and the, the harder you push it down, as soon as you lose your grip, it slips up. And you see this a lot in, in, in certain teachers who've, you know, who've talked about being celibate, but then they, you know, have some sexual scandal arise or something, right? Because they've been suppressing. You see this in the That's, Catholic church, of course. Yeah, Catholic church <laughs> and, and amongst uh, many Indian gurus. Yeah. And, yeah. and our sexual energy, it's the root of our, it's, in my opinion, it's actually a spiritual drive. It's our drive to, to connect, to yeah. create, to, 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 to travel, keep us back to source because we're in this polarized body. And when we have sex with someone, we're, we're connecting to polarities. We're, we're reconnecting to our state of neutrality. So to me, it's, mm. it's really a spiritual drive. Oh, that's and good. So, I love that. We're reconnecting to our state of neutrality Yes, because that's the whole goal of, of meditation. Yeah. And in the Kundalini yoga and meditation course, they were harping on, this is all about cultivate, cultivating neutral mind. Yeah. And balancing the tatvas, balancing. So, so yeah. So say that again, <laughs> let's drive so, that one home. So in my opinion, one of the, the purposes for sex, you know, in our polarized bodies, we, we, we meet in sexual union and the two polarities meet. And mm-hmm. basically we could, we, we merge, we become neutral. We get out of the state of, of separation and we remember what it's like to be one. Mm-hmm. And we open up a portal to neutral force. The Taoists call this Yuan Chi. Cool. And I know some of my listeners who, who identify as queer, gay, or lesbian, you know, it, it's really, I've been following the work of David Data. It's not about necessarily male, female, cisgender, whatever. It's no, just no. About one entity being the more masculine polarity and one being the more feminine polarity. So, yeah, we all have, yeah. we all have male and female within us. And this is the whole principle of Taoist internal alchemy, the coupling of internal male and internal female. That's so interesting. That's very interesting. I'll speak from my experience when I'm like taking good care of myself and, you know, balancing myself out, I become far more attracted to women. And it's, it's just an interesting thing I've noticed. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being gay, but it's just in my own experience. I, when I'm taking care of myself, I want to be with a woman more. I want to spread my seed. It kind of makes sense. Like if you're taking good care of yourself, maybe, you know, evolutionarily speaking, there's some sort of a drive within you that becomes more active. I don't know. I'm just noticing. I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting observation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So how long did it take you to experience a full body orgasm since you started this work? Good question. Um, let's see. I started, basically I started doing the practices in, you know, late 2013, I kind of picked it up and my, my practice was pretty sporadic. I wasn't putting a lot of time into it. It was really, uh, in 2014 when I got like really serious about this mm-hmm. and it was really once I started, uh, once I had a partner and I was sexually connecting with a partner, which was about six months or more since I really got serious with the practice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was almost like right away being with a partner, I had just full body intense orgasms. Very cool. Yeah, I've started to, in the last year and a half, started to have those experiences. And it really, truly is more, to me, more satisfying than a peak orgasm of the, of the penis. Mm-hmm. I think once men get a taste of that feeling of what it actually is like and how amazing it can be, I think that's really like the key to sort of breaking the addiction to ejaculation. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That, that's, that's been my experience, definitely. Yeah. And for the listeners, this, this whole uh, philosophy of semen retention, it's not about never coming again your whole life. It's just about maybe having more of a reverence for the reproductive system mm-hmm. and um, being more mindful about where we're putting our sexual energy, mm-hmm. which leads me to the um, topic of like pornography. Can you touch on that a little bit? Um, you know, the, 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 maybe the energetic uh, pitfalls of pornography. 
Great question. You know, I was just talking to my teacher about this away and I'll, about this today, and I'll get into something he shared with me, which is very interesting. But in my opinion, uh, pornography for the most part is it causes serious imbalances. You know, I actually have a lot of clients who are dealing with porn addiction. I work with a lot of men because this is something I experienced myself. So what happens when you're looking at porn with the nature of sexual energy is that it bonds us to things, you know, it, it glues things together. It's like psychic super glue. So when you're mm-hmm. looking at these images, you're sending out your energy and you're actually feeding my, one of my teachers talks about this idea of, of the internet sex beast. So it's like this, these astral entities that are sucking up, you know, cause the guys are just looking at porn and they're just jerking off and just discharging their energy. Where's that energy going? You know? So this yeah. idea that there's this like sort of dark field of energy, just draining people or well, just mm. people already drain their energy. So they're just, there sucking it all up. Right. And, uh, ah. <laughs> so that, that's one aspect to it. And, and, and just in general, you know, it's, it becomes so addicting because it's just so easy. It's right there. You get this quick fix and, uh, but you're just, you're sending your energy off to this black hole and you're gluing yourself to that because of that, that sticky nature of sexual energy. So in my opinion, it, it, it causes serious imbalances. And I agree my, with you. my teacher was sharing his experience that he was like, you know, just out of curiosity, I wanted to see what, what people are looking at for porn these days. So he's checking out or something. And he said that like, he got, this entity was attacking him, like feeding on his heart center. He said it took him six weeks because to, to, to get rid of this thing. You know, this is oh like a high level Dallas. This, is, this is somebody who, who, yeah, who, who doesn't normally look at porn and tried it. And then this experience happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's really kind of scary and, and freaky. <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's this whole huge worldwide thing right now. You know, it just, it, it just draws people in and just drains their energy. Yes. So say somebody's trying to uh, curb, curb their uh, porn addiction. What would be some hot tips? Have you ever, do you still ever get cravings to look at porn or like how do you navigate there? What would you uh, recommend to somebody struggling with that? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like when we're on the internet, we're just bombarded with sexual imagery. So, you know, so, so, you know, I'm looking at, at this sexy image pops up and it's like, whoa, but it's like, I'm able to pull myself out of that because of my, you know, my training and the knowing that what would happen if I did pursue this, this low desire. Um, what, you know, often when we're like reaching out to the external world like this to try to fill ourselves up with something, it's because we're empty inside. And, um, you know, often what we're craving is, is connection with someone, you know? So when you have some sort of internal practice, we're tapping into the life force, then you're able to fulfill yourself in that way, you know? And even like, uh, if you're like feeling the urge to look at porn, you know, you can call up a friend, hang out with them, call your mother, have a conversation with her. You know, you're often just, just, just craving this human connection, you know? Yes. I think Gabor Mate says the opposite of addiction is human connection. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I totally, I totally feel that in my, my experience as well. Um, so our buddy Ruan is also joining us and you've had him on your podcast and I've had him on my podcast as well. And he's going to also be talking a little bit about and, and sharing about what, uh, uh, Taoist energy work is all about. What would you say are like the the main uh, similarities and differences in, in between the two of your guys' offerings? Um, you, you know, I haven't studied a lot of Ruan's work, so it's hard for me to say exactly what what he's going to be teaching, what what the differences are. Um, he, he, I will say that his approach is very, uh, it's very practical. It's very modern. You know, mm-hmm. uh, very like like you know, just modern things about masculinity and and. Uh, and self-realization, things like that. And I'm very much into like the more classical, you know, I, I dive really deep into like the Taoism and, and uh, the Qigong practices and things like that. Cool. 
something I, I thought was really cool. You, you were showing on your Instagram, uh, the, the practice, the Taoist practice of like strengthening the penis through like putting weights on it, the, the penis mm. and the testicles. Yeah, yeah. How much weight can you hold? And can you talk a bit about the benefits of that? Cause that was really cool. I've tried it a little bit. Uh, and, uh, it's, I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, first of all, disclaimer, do not try this at home. This is an inherently <laughs> yeah. dangerous practice and uh, <laughs> there's certain foundations you need before you attempt it. So Good this much. is, chi, this is called chi weightlifting. And mm. the idea is that, uh, well, the, the heaviest I've ever lifted is 25 pounds, but wow. the idea is that you create this counter force of pressure on the, on the genitals and the pelvic floor and this, mm. you're, you're pulling up at the same time. So it creates this counter force and stimulates the sexual energy with the Tao is called the gene. And you draw it up through the body. It also tones the organs because the, the, the pelvic floor holds all the organs in place. So the stronger it is and, and the tendons connect to all the different organs. So you're, you're strongly sim- stimulating your sexual energy and drawing it upwards throughout the body. But that's, it's, this practice isn't like a standalone. After doing this, you also you, you do a, what's called bone marrow washing. So you hit, you use a steel beater to, to hit the body. It vibrates the bones. It opens up the pores and then the, the sexual energy, the gene gets pulled into the bones. So this keeps you young because the bone wow. marrow creates our blood and keeps us young. It, it produces our hormones as well. So it's a very, very rejuvenating and powerful practice. That is so cool. Where did like, did, did this come from like certain Chinese dynasties or certain Kings or can you tell me a little bit about the history of like where this technology came from? The rumor is that it came, it was a Shaolin practice. Okay. And that they would, you know, they'd just throw some, some rocks in a basket and hang it from their junk. <laughs> <laughs> now Shaolin, is that a certain dynasty, like at a certain time in, in so China? This, this was a, uh, a temple in China. You know, it was, uh, I think it was mostly Buddhist in nature, but, but they, they sort of traded practices with the Taoists as well. You know, the Buddhists and the Taoists in like Wudong Mountain and some, some different places. So there was some Taoist influences as well. So it was like martial arts, you know, Qigong, meditation, mm-hmm. enlightenment that that's, came out of the, the Shaolin lineage. That's really cool. And you are a musician like, like myself. Can you touch on a little bit like how, since you've started these practices, how that's impacted your uh, musicianship? Oh man, so much more creative energy because sexual energy is creative energy. You know, uh, last year, you know, well up until last, you know, I, I'm now doing sexual Kung Fu full time. But before that I was doing uh, freelance uh, soundtrack work, you know, for like video game companies and things like that. Oh, cool. And, and uh, it, it's a lot of, of, it's a lot of pressure. You know, you have to stay creative and meet deadlines and things like that. So I had to like, you know, be up on my creative game, but, and in the past I would have had to like, you know, smoke weed and like drink coffee and things like that. But you know, those things kind of take a toll on the body. So just with my practice, I was able to stay very creative, very focused and, you know, uh, be in the flow creatively, musically. So it's, it's fantastic. So powerful for any, any creative person. I was reading this book a few years ago called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah, and there's yeah. a whole chapter, I think chapter six, on sexual transmutation. And it all sounded amazing. I was like, yeah, yeah. that's cool. And I, kept, I like read it and then I listened to the audiobook on YouTube and I was like trying to figure out exactly how to do it. And it, to me, it didn't really say how to do it. So I yeah. feel like, you know, Kundalini Yoga and what you're teaching are actually ways to do it. Could you sort of verbalize to the audience your process of sexual transmutation? Yeah, so the process is... Uh, it's as simple as opening up the energy channels of the body and being able to move your sexual energy through those channels. So, you know, as I mentioned before, the microcosmic orbit, that's the main channel that I work with and that I teach people to, to, to work with because basically you just breathe into the genitals, you activate that sexual energy, and then 
you guide it through the energy. And the reason I use Qigong and different practices, meditation practices, is to prepare the body because if you don't have an open pathway and you try to move the sexual energy in, it's very volatile and it's, and it's just going to get stuck and you might amplify unconscious patterns because that's another property of sexual energy is it amplifies things. And so once your body's fully, fully prepared and open, then you can move that sexual energy through. And as it, as it moves around the orbit, you know, it, it, it moves through the higher centers of the body, through the different chakras. And it's, it's, it's refined, you know, it's, it's transformed from this raw sexual energy into a more refined, uh, energetic spiritual energy that you can use for anything. Can you share with the audience, uh, you know, a simple technique, like a take home technique to sort of get that ball rolling? Yeah, it's simple. You know, let's just, let's just do it right now. So if you're sitting down, just take a, a couple of breaths and center yourself. So first breathe into your genitals. If you're a man, breathe into your testicles. If you're a woman, breathe into your ovaries and feel as you inhale that they're expanding like balloons energetically. As you exhale, feel them contract. And also see a glowing pink light. Pink is the color mixed between the semen and the blood, so the male and the female sexual energy. And after you feel the sexual energy activating, start to breathe it up. So inhale, you can tighten the pelvic floor gently and feel that you're bringing this energy up, like you're sucking up a straw into your heart center. You can place a hand on your heart. And then exhale down from the heart into the genitals. Inhaling up from the genitals into the heart. Exhale from the heart into the genitals. And do this a few more times. And then just notice how you're feeling, just noticing your internal state, noticing anything that's shifted. So it's really as simple as that. Um, and when your sensitivity increases, when your, when your energy channels become more open, it becomes more and more powerful. Oh my gosh, so much so. <laughs> I'll share a little sort of tip uh, with, the, with the audience. I really love matcha. And I was doing some research on matcha and apparently uh, the samurais used it like as they were training for, for, you know, their exercises and stuff, they would have a bit before. So like just to anybody who like, you know, maybe is addicted to external things like coffee that are, that can be very acidic and you know, nothing's good or bad, but I just find like, you know, if you do need something before you engage in these practices to amplify it a little bit for yourself, I find matcha is really nice. Mm. Yeah. I'm a fan of, uh, of green teas myself. Are you? Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like sencha a lot, Japanese green oh, tea. Oh, <laughs> I'll have to try that, sencha. It's great, yeah. So that's just like the leaves and you put it like a tea bag and then steep it for three minutes or whatever? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice, nice, cool. Well, that's a very potent uh, sexual transmutation technique you just shared. And I liked how you brought it into the heart. Whereas in Kundalini, it always, almost always, not always, but almost always seems to be up to the third eye. Mm -hmm. It's like, well... I was reading the Montauk Chia book. It's like that can actually, for some people, induce a Kundalini syndrome headache. Yes. <laughs> and I, I do get that sometimes. So I have been practicing bringing it up to the heart and then back down. So I really like that. Mm -hmm. Combined with the, the visualization of pink, that was really powerful. Um, okay, so there's certain people who are coming 
on the retreat who have like prostate issues. One fellow had his prostate removed, uh, certain illnesses. How can we use sexual energy to, and, and they were kind of like, they were like, oh, I don't even know if I should come. Like I don't have a prostate. What would you say to people who have different challenges, whether they're sexual health challenges or just health challenges in general? How can they use sexual energy to heal themselves? Well, if you're alive and you're in a body, uh, you have an abundance of sexual energy because our body is in a constant sexual process. You know, every cell of our body, it's constantly reproducing, it's multiplying. You know, our bodies are, are sex 24-7 and we can tap into that, right? And so it, it's, it, even if you've had, you know, your prostate removed, energetically, it's still there. You know, right. the spirit, the spirit of that organ is still there and you can still cultivate it. So, um, this work is incredibly powerful and you're going to get a lot out of this work. So there's, there's really no excuse not to do it. That's awesome. And I think some, some men, especially straight men are like, Oh, like, you know, all this sex, you know, focusing on myself and bringing the energy, sexual energy, like they might sort of have this fear of being seen as gay or something. Um, how, how, what would you say to like, you know, so, uh, straight guys who are kind of scared of this work? Well, it's like, if you want to get good at the stuff, if you want to be a masterful lover, you have to practice. And it's very difficult to, to practice these exercises with a partner because you're mixing your sexual energy and theirs, and it's difficult to distinguish what's happening. It's very exciting. And you're not going to have the results that you would have if you train with yourself. You know, learn to love your body, learn to appreciate its beauty and its sensuality. And it's, it's, it's such an incredibly fulfilling process when you, when you surrender and let go of body shame and guilt and just go for it. You know, it's so fulfilling. I think some men have this, I think it's a great answer. Some men have this like uh, comparison thing. I think most people in general do. It's like we see movies like Gerard Butler with the, the, the airbrush six pack abs in the movie 300. And then people look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, oh, but I'm not attractive enough. You know? So what would you say would be like a good bridge to somebody cultivating that, that feeling of self-love and self-esteem in this society, which is so externally focused? You know, that's a good question. And for me, it's, it's, it's learning to, it's a practice, the most fundamental of all practices is called the inner smile. And it's basically, you just ah, nice. put a smile on your face and you bring it inside your body. You smile to your body. You love it because you know, what happens when you're, you spend your whole life telling your body, Oh, you're ugly. You don't work right. You know, what happens to that body? It's going to get sick. It's going to get diseased. So it's about accepting yourself, not trying to change it, just accepting it, putting a smile on, smiling to your, to your organs, smile to your, to your uh, bulging belly, whatever, you know, just smile to it, embrace it and accept it just as it is. Oh, that's such a powerful technique. Well, I was going to ask you, there's one more question I had. Oh, like, so like he, I've heard you talk a little bit about healing organs, bringing sexual, is, is that kind of like inner smile or, or how does that technique work? Well, uh, bringing the sexual energy to the organs is a, is a, it's a different practice. It's a little distinct, but basically you, you can do it either unaroused or in an aroused state where you, you bring that sexual energy into the organs, spiral it in there. And uh, it can be very powerful for, for healing the organs. And in Chinese sexology, this was actually something doctors would prescribe. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. What happened? <laughs> I know, right? Where did that, in, that like, information go? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like we, uh, sexuality, it's been turned into this force to like almost control us, you know, because we've been yeah. cut off from the knowledge of our sexual power. We've been cut off from our very root. Yeah, so that's a great way that. to control people is, is to it, cut them yeah. off from, from that, which yeah. is their own, their own source of power. But yeah, really, so as you said, yeah. it is changing. Yeah. <laughs> I heard uh, D- uh, Dr. Christian Northrup came on the show and she was talking about like, how the Rockefellers, like there was some sort of campaign to 
uh, promote allopathic pharmaceutical, you know, pills and procedure type medicine, and, and then to suppress all other types. Uh, you know, and it's interesting that most pharmaceuticals, not most, 25 to 45, I think, percent uh, pharmaceuticals on the market right now get their impetus from plants, from rainforest mm-hmm. plants. Yeah. So, you know, it's almost like a suppression of nature, a suppression of, of the women who, who are holding, invariably women who are healers prior mm-hmm. to Western infiltration of preliterate societies who had the power of the plant medicines, suppression mm-hmm. of that, and then this sort of almost like overly masculine, toxic masculine taking over that and then turning it into these, these synthetic versions. It's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I guess the Rockefellers had this whole movement, this quackery movement to basically say anybody who didn't practice the pills and procedure form of medicine was a quack. Mm. So I just thought that was interesting that apparently there was this whole campaign to make that differentiation happen in people's psyches and mass consciousness, but it's starting to break down. Like I watched this amazing documentary on Netflix called heal the other night. Have you seen this? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it yet. I've been meaning to watch it. Yeah, it was really good. It's got one of my, one of my mentors, Dr. Kelly Brogan, on there and so she talks a lot about the, about these things and Deepak Chopra and Reverend Michael Beckwith so it's it's definitely a really a really great documentary I feel yeah so where can people go to learn more about what you do yeah so you can find me on uh, Instagram and YouTube just just type in sexual kung fu and you'll find me you can also go to my website jonathanwhitelifestyle.com it's jonathan with an h Jonathan White Lifestyle. <laughs> Perfect. Fantastic. And then to sign up for our retreat and to get more information, you can just go to eventbrite.com and just type in multi-orgasmic man retreat or just type in my name because I have it organized under my uh, profile. So just Will Blunderfield and then the event will pop up. Multi-orgasmic man retreat. We hope to see you there. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to either one of us. Uh, we're both uh, quite active on Instagram. My handle is wblunderfield and yours is sexual.kungfu, is it? sexual.kungfu on Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jonathan. Yeah, thank you, Will. It's always a pleasure to, to chat with you. I'm really looking forward to our retreat. It's going to be powerful. Yes, totally. And here, let's talk for a second after. I'll turn off this video and then we'll, we'll have a, a little, a mini powwow about the retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> Sat now.